Hi there, this is Stuart McKee, host of Musicians FAQ Podcast. Please join me weekly where we have music and chat with some of Canada's hottest artists. I don't really care about the finer things Not rolling through the drive through Eat like kings up in your 98 front seat I'm a winner, uh-uh I just need a flask and a cherry Cola, radio blast in the kinks And you know that Leaning with my head on your shoulder Uh-huh I used to listen to what everybody said But it didn't get me nowhere Nowhere Nah. Uh-uh. Now baby, I Guitar just to get the rent paid Told me I never really liked it anyway Nuh-uh, we used to care about what everybody did But it didn't get us nowhere, nowhere, nowhere Now baby, I like caring about you instead Don't want nothing else if you're here, you're here That was a song called Enough, the title track of the new EP by Cassie Da Silva, who just happens to be my very special guest this week. My name is Stuart McKee, and this is Musicians FAQ. You've got to love yourself before you love anybody else. My guest this week on Musicians FAQ is a hugely successful independent singer-songwriter out of Aurelia, Ontario, creating alongside multi-award-winning Canadian songwriter producers Robin Delanto and Hill Kirkudis, as well as Grammy Award-winning mastering engineer Emily Lazar. In seeking out like-minded creative partners, she has crafted a collection of songs that are unapologetically vulnerable and honest, calling out their collective exes amidst infectious melodies and edgy productions in the tradition of Taylor Swift. My guest not only has a lot to say, but she's figured out exactly how she wants to say it. And she's ready to be heard. Joining me on Musicians FAQ this week, our guest is Cassie Da Silva. Cassie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Looking forward to chatting with you. I don't know a whole lot about you. I've just sort of became aware of you last year 
um, during COVID, spending a lot of time online, like a lot of people, mm-hmm. and then in catching some of your music and, and really enjoyed it. So um, I like for the purposes, then if you just kind of get back to the real beginning, the basic roots, you know, where were you born? What was your childhood like? I was born in Toronto, but uh, before I was even one, I grew up in Aurelia. We moved to Aurelia and I grew up there, went to school there. Um, childhood was busy. We, I have three siblings and two step siblings. Um, so very busy, lots of sports activities. We, we kept busy, which is probably how my mom stayed sane, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, just lots of music, sports, fun, lots of, lots of kids around all the time. (laughs) Nice. Um, now were there musicians, singers in the family or just a lot of music being played? Yeah, well, my mom has always been musical. My dad always loved music. Uh, I found out later that my mom used to sing in a, in a band, oh, really? I think in her early 20s, and she's always loved singing. But yeah, our family was just, we were just always listening to music. Like we had a built-in stereo in the house growing up, and my mom always jokes that like the first thing that she'd turn on before she'd even turn on the lights when we got home was that stereo. So nice. there's always music playing. Um, we all did piano as kids. My, I have two older siblings and uh, they both started doing piano and I wanted to do whatever they did, of course. So I got to start a little early. I got to start at six and I just loved it. Um, so yeah, lots of music and my, my parents just really loved listening to music. So that was awesome. nice. Mm-hmm. Very good. When did you discover you could sing and when did you get interested in, in being a singer, songwriter, performer? Uh, I, I was so shy as a kid. So um, actually, I think the first time I, I thought that I could sing was I was really obsessed with Michelle Branch. And I sang one of her songs to my older cousin at like a Christmas get together or something. She's like, you know, you actually you actually can sing. Did you know that? <laughs> um, but I was too shy. And then I think at like a talent show in grade school, I, I sang because my sister wouldn't let me do a dance with her. So I sang instead. Tide is high. I sang that. And then uh, later on, I did uh, Vanessa Carlton in a talent show. I did a thousand miles in like the grade seven talent show. And it was a really big moment for me. I was super shy. So uh, that kind of gave me some confidence. And yeah, then I started writing songs. Nice. nice. <laughs> how, how old were you when you wrote your first song? Do you remember? Uh, well, I, I loved poetry when I was younger and I, I was really good at English class. So I was writing poems I don't know, in like a fuzzy pink notebook. So however young that would have made me, like a fuzzy pink notebook. Yeah, I've still got one now. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, so pretty young, um, but like it was more of a poetry thing. And then I think once I got a guitar, um, which was in the eighth, Christmas, the eighth grade, um, and I taught myself, I literally played till my fingers blood. I was teaching myself. I wanted to learn how to play. I think it was an analog breathe. The three chord song. It was very simple. But once I did that, I was kind of just off to the races. I just was putting all those words to music and yeah, loved it. That's awesome. And and who were you? I mean, you referenced a couple of people, uh, Michelle um, Branch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, there's so many different Michelle singers. I was confusing I myself there. Yeah. Um, and other people. And so was there somebody specifically, though, that really influenced you that, you know, I want to sing like her or I want to write? like her or or him or um yeah well I mean when I was playing the, it depended on what I was playing when I was playing the piano I, I loved like Vanessa Carlton I was absolutely obsessed um but also uh you know my mom played a lot of Nora Jones um she played a lot of Eva Cassidy songs when we'd be going to sleep like the the music that played on the system in the house would change depending on the time of day so nighttime would be like Nora Jones Eva Cassidy uh so much stuff but I think those were big influences for me just from like a vocalist songwriter standpoint I just loved their sounds and you know I also loved like some like punkier pop stuff like Ashley Simpson and like you know I liked all that stuff too so um yeah kind of a mix of everything Taylor Swift too I was obsessed and I was like I can't believe people can be this real about their life and their songs and that was a big one for me too so yeah 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 I I think most people I I don't think there's too many people who are untouched in some way by Taylor Swift yeah lover lover or hater I mean you've I mean she's just everywhere and she's done it all so she's incredible Um, yeah yeah. I'm a big fan big fan around here so yeah yeah well it's actually my niece that that got me into Taylor Swift I think we 
talked about this in a previous interview. Um, my niece is 30 now, but which I think is around Taylor's age. So, yeah. Um, and I was kind of indulging her and listening and I wasn't really identifying sort of with the teen breakup stuff at the time, of course, but, yeah. um, and then I saw her on a, an award show with Vince Gill and mm-hmm. he's one of my idols. And I went, Oh my God. I mean, you know, Vince Gill is playing with her. Then that's kind of, yeah. and I actually started to really get into her more when she went to pop, um, like yeah. the 1989 album. And that's yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, me too. That was a big thing for me. I've listened since like her first album. I remember illegally downloading it on LimeWire. Um, sorry, Taylor, don't worry. I've bought every album <laughs> since, but um, I think she has <laughs> enough money. I think she, yeah, I don't think she minds. Um, but yeah, I, I remember doing that and, and screaming the songs as if I had been through a breakup or something, which I hadn't. Um, but 1989 was such a big one for me. I I started out in folk music, and and when she started doing pop, I was like, oh, I want to I want to do pop. That is the coolest thing ever. I love it so much. I want to sing and dance to it. Like I just it really changed. That album means a lot to me. It was so good and yeah. cool at the time. So yeah, yeah, shake it off is a shake it off is a killer hook. But I mean, uh, and and I was embarrassing myself with my son cranking that up and dancing around the house. He's like, "Really, Dad?" <laughs> oh my uh, gosh, I love Blank's face on that album. And uh, there's another song called "Clean" that she did with Imogen Heap that is probably my favorite on that album. It's so I'm a huge Imogen Heap fan too. So really cool. Nice, nice. Um, so obviously, a lot of those songs grabbed you. So when you're writing a song, I mean, is there? I mean, you talked about writing poetry. So do you generally start with the lyric, or do you pick up the guitar, or do you play at the piano, or do you write with both instruments? It's a mix of both, but um, yeah, I find for me the more cathartic way of writing would be writing some words down and then putting it to music. Um, right. Yeah, that seems to be like those are like kind of the more powerful songs to me. Um, Because in the heat of the moment, I'll usually write something down or, you know, I'll be up in bed at night and write something down and then come back to it a couple weeks later and put it to music. And that's kind of cool because it's like I get to revisit how I was feeling at the time, but also kind of make some sense of it when I come back to it. So I like doing it that way. But I also like just kind of messing around on the piano or the guitar and kind of coming up with a melody. And sometimes something just comes out and it, you know, makes sense. So (laughs) it's a mix. Yeah. Are you mostly writing on your own or do you have co-writers? I know that uh, Hill Kirkutis produced the album uh, or the recent EP with you, but um, was she writing with you as well? Yeah, Hill did uh, half the EP and Robin Delinto did the other half um, production wise. And Hill wrote on two of the songs with me, um, Unsolicited Contact and Dark Side. And those were like the, I think the first couple songs we even did together. So yeah, I do write with other people. Um, I love taking, usually I'll take an idea if it's for my own project, I'll take something that, you know, I'm kind of feeling, or or maybe it's like I've flushed out a verse or flushed out a chorus and then I'll bring that into the session. Usually Um, if I'm writing for someone else, it's different, but yeah, usually I like to start with something that I'm kind of going through or feeling Uh, obviously not all the time. Like sometimes in conversation, which is my favorite part of writing with someone else is like, Mm -hmm. you know, just the the couple hours where you just spend talking at the beginning and then you end up on something where you're like, Hey, I think that that that's a song or, you know, so those are cool too. Um, Which is kind of how dark side came about with Hill and I, we just kind of started vibing on something and, and that happens. So yeah, it's it, it's depends. I, I I like uh I like writing by myself too though. I think it's important for me, but those songs don't always make it. I can't feel you even though our fingers touch and I can't see through all the space in between us. I can't breathe now and I don't know how long it's been, but the air it feels so thin. So I'm scared to breathe you in uh, Maybe we need a break before we fall I can take on the weight of it all I've been my head, been my mind Gonna leave it all behind I'll see you Tell you. 
was Dark Side by Cassie De Silva, co-written with and produced by Hill Kirkutis. Usually by the end of it, there's a few more hands on it because I, I like to bring ideas to people and I think that collaboration only makes us better. So I like that. Yeah. Now are you pitching songs to other artists? Like if there's songs that, that you've written that you think it's a great song, but it's not for you or it's not for your record, you know, have you been kind of sourcing those out to other people or is that? Yeah, I have. I think I when I'm working with another artist, I kind of like to to kind of write something like that's actually about them um it's happened where people have been interested in songs on me but i my writing approach is so personal that i like to do that with other artists i like to kind of like get into the guts of what's going on in their life and i think that we come out of come out of it with a way more meaningful song that way so uh, and one that they are more excited to put out because it's their story truly so um i kind of that do that more so i'll write just with the artists and yeah that's cool yeah and i mean it's it's interesting how it's changed over the years i mean the, the singer songwriter thing really took off in the 70s but you know prior to that and even during the 70s and, and 80s and i guess even now to some degree a lot of artists would just have other people write songs for them but it seems like everybody wants to write songs now and and uh, and mm-hmm. express their own voice which is great because i think it, you know certainly i think it's important i think everybody has something to say yeah. it's yeah. just helping sometimes they need help finding that voice Exactly. And I, I love doing that with artists. I love, you know, figuring out maybe they have something they want to say, but they're not sh- quite sure how they want to say it or they're not, they haven't dug deep enough yet. And I love getting in there. So um, yeah, I think, I think it's super important and it's cool that more artists are doing that. Uh, you had a Christmas song um, that was also a big hit in Canada, but, and did I read it was in a Netflix uh, show as well? Yeah, it was in, it's in a movie called uh, Christmas Wedding Planner, which is, you know, one of those, you know christmas time movies that you'll see on tv but yeah it uh, ended up on netflix and the year it came out it was like trending and really cool we were getting all kinds of messages um wasn't initially going to be something i released but um ended up in that movie and it was actually just like a demo that ended up in the movie funny enough so uh because of shazam and how all that works we couldn't really change anything so it's literally like the day of demo but people really like it and it's meant a lot to some people which is so surprising to me so um so that's really cool yeah i i love christmas time so it's fun to have a holiday song out yeah yeah, yeah me too you get uh, crazy <laughs> nostalgic around that time of year oh uh, yeah and i think a lot of people do and i think that's why it's you know it's such a popular thing um yeah. so at now kind of backtracking a bit so starting as a youngster and working up and kind of getting excited about music and, and being inspired by other artists, at what point do you kind of decide that, Hey, this is what I want to do with my life full time. And I'm assuming that you're kind of doing it full time at this point, but. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it was such a process for me because I knew it was something I was really passionate about. I loved writing songs from the get go. And again, I said, I was in kind of a more folk area, uh, through high school um but I just got really involved in playing like any open mic I could and like any coffee house and all that stuff and I I just loved it so much um but then I was also like a really focused student in school and uh I applied to universities for you know like business and all that stuff because that's what what you do and I thought you know that's what I got to do um but then I decided I ended up getting into Berkeley um for a songwriting program and I couldn't afford it at the time. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to defer all my acceptances, defer my business school acceptances, defer this Berkeley one. And I'm going to take a year off and just, I'm not ready to make this decision yet. So I did that and I moved out. I'm, I'm from Ontario, but I moved out to BC and was living in Whistler and then uh, spent some time in Vancouver and was getting out playing some open mics and stuff. And, and it kind of helped me make the decision. Like, this is what I want to do um and then I decided ultimately moving to the U.S. and going to Berkeley wasn't financially feasible so I decided to go to recording school and uh went to Vancouver I just loved the West Coast so much and ended up moving there and did a recording program and yeah really kind of 
started making my way and playing shows and doing that. So it was, it was a process because it was hard for me to separate the like left brain, right brain thing, right, having been yeah. like a straight A student and <laughs> being like, this isn't the path I'm supposed to take, but I just can't deny it. I can't deny myself it. So, so I did it and <laughs> here we are, but good, good yeah. for you. Um, so now do you have a home studio? Do you a lot of sort of demo recordings at home and writing at home? Yeah, my, my boyfriend has a studio and uh, we, we do some stuff in there. Um, I don't love, after recording school, I'm glad that I got the skills that I did because I, I do a lot of my own vocal recording, comping, all that sure. stuff. But And I love vocal production, but I am overwhelmed by production choices in general. Mm-hmm. With, and I, I know what I like when I'm working with someone. I know how to, you know, get what I want out of working with someone and collaborate, but it's not, I don't have the most fun doing it. I'm trying to get there <laughs> because I think it's important and we need more female producers and engineers, but it's not my favorite thing. And maybe it's because it doesn't come the easiest to me. So I'm, I'm trying to be more adamant about working on those skills and honing them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's some people who are just so technically savvy. It's, it's, and that becomes overwhelming and that just becomes yeah. an easier deferral thing. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm in the same boat where I'm, I'm trying to play more of the instruments and, 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 you know, be involved more in the recording. I've got a home studio as well, but I'm going, I, I can't mm-hmm. make it sound as good as, you know, when I go to a friend's studio or to a real studio. Um, but so I guess from that end of it, as, as I was kind of curious how important, um, do you pick a producer? Um, you had a couple different producers on the EP. Mm-hmm. So um, is the producer really just kind of more of a facilitator role for you? Or is it really important that you have sort of the producer being a collaborator? Both. Um, I think it's become more and more important to me that to find people who really complement and kind of push the boundaries of, of what I'm trying to do. Like, right. I loved working with Hill because she she was willing to try things that that were weird and different. And that was really my focus for this EP. Like I was like, you know, I've done the like major label trying to please people thing. And I just want to make something that I'm excited about. And I don't care if anyone likes it. I need to love it and have fun with it. And that's what I went into this thinking. And she was like just the best for that because she would just be like, is this weird? I'm like, it is, but let's even get weirder. Like, yeah. do you want to? And she's like, yep. So that was really cool. And, and Rob and I loved working with because she's so particular. She's an amazing vocal producer. I've learned so much from her um, in, in that sense. Like she really pushes. It's like, I don't think I have any more in me. And then she's like, no, we, you got more in you. You can do it. You can get that take, try this, try to hit this note. Like she really pushed me. And um, so, yeah, I learned a lot from working with both of them. And I, I like that collaboration. I like bouncing ideas off someone. I do so much as an independent artist, I do so much of this by myself that it's nice to have someone kind of caring just as much as you through the process. So yeah, yeah. yeah I like that. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it makes all the difference. If, if, mm-hmm. And I've worked with different people, but when you find that that right person, it's huge. Mm-hmm. I remember, I think you and Hill had posted something online at some point a few months back or last year sometime. The two of you just kind of improving in the studio a bit and kind of goofing around, but I mean, and just kind of pushing the boundaries, like you said, and just cracking each other up and having mm-hmm. fun, which is which is nice to see. Um, yes. So I assume, will we see more of that collaboration going forward? For sure. <laughs> We're getting back together uh, to start working on some more songs pretty soon. So I'm really excited for that. She actually, she moved a bit closer to me. I live north of Toronto and she moved a bit closer to me. So that's really nice. We're really pumped to Perfect. make some more music together. So yeah. That's great. Now, is it important? I know it was one of the things that was highlighted uh, on your bio on your, on your website uh, about, I think it was the, the Scream Queens. Is it the, like sort of the whole female team is that important to you to have or that did that just kind of happen yeah uh no it it didn't just happen it was a really conscious decision um I just said you know I, I've been doing this a while not forever but a while and I've had teams that were solely male I've been to writing camps where I was the only female writer right. I've you know before the CP I, I'd only worked with male producers um and you know when the whole label thing unraveled I was like Mm, I need to try something different. I need more female influence in my life. I, I want to be surrounded by that. I want to be inspired by that. Um, I knew I wanted to get really personal with this project and 
I just wanted to feel really comfortable doing that. And for me, I, it was important to create a safe space with people who, you know, could understand my point of view. And, um, and so I'm, I'm glad, I'm really glad I pushed for that because at times it was hard. And then with the visuals, it, it kind of just rolled over into everything, every part of it, like in, you know, making up my team for like PR and marketing, I ended up wanting to work with females on that too. And I ended up wanting to work on with females on the video. Like I, I kind of set a goal of like 50% when I started and <laughs> ended up like, the whole every video set I was on was all like female non-binary, which was really, really cool. Um, I've shot videos before and it was such a different feeling on set. I, I don't know. Everyone was just really energized and excited and it was cool. My, my boyfriend actually was in one of the videos and he he's shot videos before. He's a musician as well. And he's like, oh, I feel like I, I shouldn't be here. And I was like, now you know what it's like to be in my shoes when it's just yeah. like all guys all the time. And you're like, oh, where do I fit in? Um, so it was really cool. It was, I, I'm really glad I did it. And I made some amazing connections and worked with people who I know I'm going to work with for a very long time coming. So That's glad awesome. I did it. Yeah. yeah good, good. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting when you mentioned that about your boyfriend, because, uh, you know, I think I, I guess similar kind of thing where I, I did an interview with Dale Mack, who's an indigenous artist. Um, and we were talking about, you know, what, what can we do to kind of move things forward and he said you know keep having those awkward conversations he said it's interesting Mm -hmm. when i'm having you know a conversation with somebody who's non-indigenous and and these topics come up and everybody gets very uncomfortable and very awkward he said but that's important you have to deal with that and push through and i and i guess for your boyfriend feeling kind of out of place and awkward is probably a good thing yeah Um, (laughs) not to torture the poor soul but uh um yeah yeah it was good he he was really impressed he was like why i I didn't i knew you were doing this because i'd already shot a couple videos at the time and he knew but he hadn't been on set and he's like i knew you were doing this but wow is it ever cool to see like that every crew member on the video like the gaffers like everyone like it's just it's really cool it's really cool and some people hadn't you know being afforded those maybe the position they were in on my video in other videos maybe they were like you know a position just a little bit down and so it was really cool everyone was working really hard and really inspired to do that and yeah it was really awesome (laughs) and you were you were in the director's chair for this one um no i i kind of co-directed a bit with kate um kate harrison is who did all the videos and um for a couple of videos i came up with the treatments and we collaborated she's just you know she saw it and thought this is really cool and i'd love to do with you and and, you know, to get someone to come on board with like, this is how we're going to do it. And I want it shot this way and, and be fully collaborative was really cool. She was so awesome and made it just even better than I could have dreamt. So, um, yeah, dream team. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Text me on my birthday not to wish me happy birthday Just to tell me about the other girl that you're in love with now Yeah, I think her name is Megan Well, I know her name is Megan Cause your mom posted that photo I'll pretend I just found out Say you're sorry for the heavy text Yeah, what the hell did you forget? We haven't talked since back in May Back when your uncle passed away You wanna make me jealous Sorry, I'm not overzealous I'm just blowing out my candles I can't handle you Just trying to pull me back in Back in Back in are you trying to pull me back in, back in, back in? Mm-hmm. It's unsolicited contact. Now you're bringing up the past. Like we didn't end the shit for you.
That's what I did and that's for this Why you coming back around? Why you thinking about me now? Blow my candles, put them out No one for me to worry about getting all up in my head And it's unsolicited, it's unsolicited Unsolicited Contact, another Cassie De Silva, Hill Kirkutis collaboration. Um, so now kind of taking a step forward, or sorry, taking a step back again and not to dwell on it, but you had the deal with Universal um, mm-hmm. and that sounded like it came about kind of almost accidentally where you, you're out doing a lot of these open mics and, and jam nights and playing and, and the CEO of Universal was it that caught you and, and signed you. and The president, yeah, the president. president. It was a funny, it was during Canadian Music Week. And uh, I was out and about, like, just kind of going here and there to parties. I did, I had an EP at the time. It was like a folk pop EP that, you know, I was getting ready to finish up. So I was just kind of networking. And I went to, this one night I was going to my boyfriend's show. And I was in the audience there, about to go on stage. And one of my friends was like, hey, I'm, uh, I'm going to this jam night party thing. And I really think you should come. There's going to be some cool people there. Uh, and he's literally about to walk on stage. And I was like, you know what? I think I should go too. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm going to miss your show, but I got to go to this. And uh, yeah, it was just like this jam night. Luckily, I had no idea who anyone was because yeah. I would have probably been quite nervous, but I was so naive and ended up getting up and playing a couple songs. It was really casual. And then, you know, someone, someone came up to me after and they're like, hey, I'd love to get your information. That was so cool. I love your voice. And I ended up being the president of Universal Canada, which is so funny. Um, so that came about in a funny way. And, and yeah, like not to like everyone I worked with there was great. They're all great people. It just... It just what didn't work out, and um, I'm I'm happy with what I'm doing now. So it's all good. I learned a lot, but yeah, it's funny how you know timing is everything sometimes, but also being prepared for that timing is yeah. good too. Yeah. Sure so do you think? I mean, major label would that be something that you would entertain again down the road if it was the right circumstances, and and probably being more experienced and more comfortable and confident with who you are and what kind of artist you want to be. Um, do you think that would be, or do you think it's just something you just don't need to do? Uh, I think the landscape has changed a lot and still changing. Um, I think a lot of people have it in their head that that is like, you've made it, you know, when you sign this deal, but I I've loved the creative freedom I've had. Uh, obviously there's a lot of stress that comes along with that and a lot of responsibility, but, uh, I think the benefits have outweighed everything else. Uh, so for now, I, I love doing it this way. I'm never gonna, not going to say never, but I think that I would want to be in a much different position going into something like that. Um, and I love, I think for new artists, like I really think you you need to have that freedom and you need to not be, there's a lot of hurry up and wait and uh, you really have to be prepared to press if you're with the label. You need to, like, you still need to work just as hard when you're with the label. I think there's this expectation that everything's going to be taken care of or something. And, and that's not the case. So um, for now, I, I can't stomach giving up my master's and stuff <laughs> unless it was a pretty sweet opportunity. So uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy doing things as they are, but I'm not going to say never. It just depends. Don't know where things are going to go. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can't remember who it was, but um, some, some band Canadian band years ago, they said that, you know, a lot of people think, yeah, once you sign the deal, that's it. You made it. And said, no, that's when the hard work actually yeah. begins. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's a lot of expectation on you at that point. And, um, and, and I think, you know, when I was talking with Jeff Delzio, um, he was saying, I mean, because he worked for Warner and, and some of, and Sony, I think, and uh, he had talked about back in the day, they might sign, you know, eight artists. And if two of them made it, that was okay. Um, and they'd spend time and they take time, but he said, now they sign two artists and both those artists have to make it. So they don't have yeah. as much, time to to develop or to make mistakes and I think that's what he's been trying to do as a as a producer is just yeah you know let you find your place make some mistakes 
do a bad recording or do let's let's not lose sleep over it yeah uh, exactly i yeah i think you really have to be i think for developing artists it's really key to be in control and to be able to make those decisions and yeah like i i think that the system the way it is with major labels it's set up for people who are already kind of thriving um so when you're kind of finding your way i don't know if it's like it works out sometimes but i i don't know if it serves anyone really to be like going through that process of like finding your sound and and finding your audience like with that pressure and and with those expectations because I think you have to come at it from a really authentic place and sometimes having that major label almost like stunts that because people are like oh well you have this you're not you're not doing this on your I think it's more respectable to find someone who you know, is coming up and doing it on their own. And, and it's an easier way to develop that fan base. And then you can graduate to the big guys. <laughs> like, yeah. I really think that's been my biggest lesson. And um, so I'm enjoying doing that right now. But good. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's important. There's a lot of people that just they never enjoy the ride either. They're just yeah. <laughs> always focus on where they're going. And then you miss out on so much. So so that's great. Yeah. To hear that. um, so uh, what do you have coming up as far as like, I mean, have you been able to get out much during um, the last few months to perform? I know the lockdown has affected a lot of people, but I've noticed a lot of bands were going out and playing shows, um, particularly a lot of country bands were getting out and doing little mini festivals and playing patios and, and, and things like that. Yeah, no, I haven't played a show since right before the pandemic. Like it was like March of 2020. And then I did some online stuff, but I'm planning stuff for next year, which is exciting. And hopefully that all works out. Um, but yeah, I'm giving myself kind of some time to put together a really cool live show with this new music. And, uh, I didn't want to feel rushed doing that. So, uh, I'm excited that things are kind of lining up for next year and giving me some time to make it really awesome. So that's something to look forward to. And yeah, I'm sure we'll hopefully hopefully it stays. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, well, I think it almost has to, because I think there's just enough people that are just done with it and, you know, we're going to lose everybody if we don't kind of figure out how to get back to some kind of normal Um, yeah absolutely yeah and I miss I miss concerts I miss going to concerts so yeah (laughs) yeah I was well I mean I was hoping to get out and see the the stones because I'm sure this will be like in a last tour and I wanted to bring my son to it and uh um so you know I I think at this point it's kind of you know you've got new songs coming I'm assuming now will the band that um you're putting together for the live shows is going to be an all female band. Is that sort of going to continue what you had in the studio and with the videography? Is that in a perfect world, that would have been the case, but um, it's quite hard to find, you know, it's really uh, showing me how underrepresented are we are as women in that industry, but it's, it's quite hard because a lot of women who are doing that are already they're already booked up like they it's really right. hard to find so um I have some members that I've I've actually used before who I'm, I'm sticking with and they're great people and uh yeah so hopefully in the future but I'm I'm trying <laughs> I'm trying but uh it just hasn't been hasn't been in the cards yet but I'm I am actively trying so if you're a female <laughs> who wants to be in my band you hit me up because like, I've been looking perfect but, yeah <laughs> this is the time to plug it well i yeah. guess on, on on that note and i'm just kind of mindful of the time we're kind of wrapping things up we'll get to the yeah. 10 questions in a minute but um is there anything you want to promote as far as your uh your socials and online stuff or upcoming uh videos songs uh events anything at all that you want to promote aside from yeah. we need some female musicians to join you yeah well i want to promote my ep which i just put out this summer and i'm really proud of it's my debut ep enough um, so definitely listen to that. And you can find me online, CassieDeSilva.com. Not Kathy. I know every time I talk on the phone or whatever, people think I'm saying Kathy. No, it's Cassie DeSilva um, on all the social medias. So find me there. I post fun stuff. I post funny stuff. I'm just having a little silly, goofy time. So and then music stuff. <laughs> so Perfect. yeah, find That's me on great. there. Yeah, it's funny. Sometimes I'll say Stu on the phone and people call me Drew and I'm like, Drew, okay, whatever. It doesn't even matter. At this point, I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't. I don't correct anyone, but you know, I'm like, well, I don't, 
I don't know anyone my age whose name's Kathy. So like, I think that's like a 50 plus kind of name. So I'm yeah. like, okay, sure, whatever. Oh, geez, my um, wife would be hurt. Well, she just turned 50 this year and her name's Kathy. But oh, uh, but no, I'm it's sorry. funny. But no, you know no. what I mean? The names come yeah. in and out. No, so not, it's not like a, an ageist thing. It's just like, a, I actually do not have a single friend whose name is Kathy. It's it's really funny. I mean, because I'm watching that with my son, he's 12 and and the kids and, and the different names and I'm going, I don't think I knew anybody with any of these names when I was in grade school. It was all Steve and Rob and Doug and Brad. and (laughs) Yeah. They um, come in and out. So it's it's funny. Like, I don't know, but yeah, I don't correct anyone. I'm Kathy, Cassie, Casey. My mom calls me by all my siblings names. It's, it's fine. I'll answer anything. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I can relate. I, I, you know, we've only got one kid, but uh, now we got a dog and I find sometimes and then we, we got the nieces and stuff. And so, you know, by the time I get to my son's name, I framed off three or four other names first. He's just looking at me like, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> Breaking up's the easy part But staying away is so damn hard Cause when I see your face it takes me back Hanging out with you is a trap You say you wanna be friends No, I don't wanna pretend that you and I are cool now it's the end But You still wanna be friends You say you wanna be friends But well, I don't hang out with my exes No I can't separate the two I don't hang out with my exes No Cause I won't get over you No, I won't get over No sense in trying Cassie De Silva with I Don't Hang Out With My Exes. <laughs> well, it, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, chatting with you, hey. and, and hopefully we'll be able to kind of pick up this conversa- conversation again uh, down the road in the spring sure. when, when the band is out. Um, but I do have those 10 questions that I'd love to uh, give you a chance. Are you, are you up for that? I, I think so. I've quickly glanced over them, so good luck to me. Well, you know, <laughs> there, there won't be any sort of mark given at the end or anything like that. There's not okay. a score, but... Uh, I'm an overachiever, so as long as there's no grades, then it's ah, there you go. That, <laughs> well, in that case, maybe we need to give you an incentive. Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't know if you've seen the questionnaire before, but it was developed by a French uh, host named uh, Bernard Pivot uh, and made famous by James Lipton of the Actor Studio, um, which is a great show I used to watch. And actually, I think James just passed away recently. I think he was in his 80s. So anyway, so I thought I would keep the tradition yeah. going, and we'll start out cool. with. Um, so Cassie, what is your favorite word? 
Well, I have a favorite word right now, which I'm finding myself saying a lot. I love calling things disgusting, but I say it like disgusten. <laughs> and uh, that's, that is a big one for me right now. Um, yeah, it's funny. So, nice. <laughs> sound like you had a bit of a British accent. That's what it's disgusten. You have to say it like that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what is your least favorite word then? Um, oh, that's so hard. Uh, you know, the M word, moist. Eek. No one likes moist. No, that's come up yeah. a couple of times lately. Um, yeah. All right. What turns you on creatively or spiritually or emotionally or all of the above? Creatively, spiritually, or emotionally. Um, I think connection, relationships. I love, I just love being around people, even though I'm kind of an introvert. I, I, I like get so inspired by other people and, you know, I love deep conversation. So yeah, connection. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how we take that for granted. I mean, I've been in the restaurant business for 30 plus years and, and I've always been kind of a shy introverted person. Most people wouldn't know that because I'm forced to come out of myself for, you know, meetings <laughs> Me and <too>. events <laughs> and, and just running, you know, but um, so I was initially, I was kind of enjoying the lockdown and just being a homebody and kind of being a recluse in my little music room. And then after a while, you're like, man, I'm really. And when we had that first time that it opened up, I just went crazy. And I was out <laughs> all the time, you know, talking yeah. to people in the bank and the store. And I just, I just became chatty Cathy. Um, <laughs> I'm the same. I, I love being around my friends. I, I really, really value my alone time, but I was dying to see my friends and family. I just didn't realize how much that, how important that was to me. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, what turns you off? Me. Uh, honestly, the weather. <laughs> I don't like uh, like gray days. I'm I'm so affected by it. So, the weather. I just I'm just like no, shut down. Don't want to do anything. Don't see anyone. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> is, that, is that what brought you back from bc because i've been out there too and i know there's a lot of rain especially during the winter yeah kind of was kind of was i i found i was i'm not like a i'm pretty happy go lucky person but i was struggling with the gray like even you know it's cold here cold as all hell but like at least we have blue sky days when That's it's right. snow you know when yep. it's really snowy and cold so i i yeah it was a big part of it for me coming back so yeah, it was an interesting thing. I find the weather is generally mild enough, even when it was raining, to be outside out there. Yes. But some days you just didn't even want to get outside. And and what was weird to me, uh, we were near Vancouver. We were out in Langley. And mm-hmm. you could see the mountains and all that one day. And then they would disappear for weeks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. people would come out and stay with us. And they'd be like, I thought you said there's mountains like really <laughs> close by. I said, they're behind those clouds. I mean, we can drive That's up fire. to them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that was a big thing for me. I love, I love being in the sunshine i love summertime i just yeah it's my favorite very good uh favorite curse word can i say it (laughs) you can say it the f word word. (laughs) i won't say it (laughs) that's generally where we go i've uh now that i've got this launched as a podcast i don't have to edit the podcast version but for the for the purposes of the morning radio show i usually have to kind of beep it out anyways but uh, the f word yeah it's a it's really uh, high up there in my you know might be one of my favorite words too i've got to say i i love it um (laughs) it's a multi-purpose word i mean it can be it can express almost any kind of emotion yeah my mom would hate to hear me say that but especially in recording school i was just you know, even my instructors were say it, swearing all the time. I all of a sudden was just cursing like a sailor. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what is going on? <laughs> this Catholic schoolgirl gone rogue. Anyway, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> all right. Uh, what sound or noise do you love? Mm, I, I don't know. Music. I just love music. <laughs> is that too general? Uh, is there a specific instrument that uh, that really moves you? Yeah, I, I love the piano. I think, well, if we're going for just like a nature sound, I love the ocean. I love the sound of the ocean yeah. and like the beach, kind of like seagulls and waves. Oh, I love that. So, perfect sound. Yeah. What sound or noise do you hate? Uh, any kind of ringing. I hate ringtones. I hate when people's phones are going off. I actually just got in a fight with my sister today about it. And I was <laughs> saying, it's so rude. It's so rude that you're imposing your phone sound on me. And I don't want to hear it. <laughs> the whole thing. I don't like sound of phones. No. Yeah. I'm with you. 
uh, and we rely on them too much. And it's yeah. funny. I mean, when Facebook and, and Instagram had crashed yesterday, I think there's a lot of people <laughs> jonesing. I mean, it was like, oh my gosh. On? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh, oh, I, I've loved so many things in my life. I've way too many hobbies. Um, I love crafts. I think I would love in another life to have kind of studied. I love sewing. So I would have kind of loved to study maybe fashion or like that kind of thing. I love that. So nice. Yeah, I mean, it, and it ties in well musically and artistically yeah. <laughs> and with videos and, and all those things as well. And it was true. Um, so what profession would you absolutely not like to do? Uh, I could never work in an office. I couldn't do it. I really, I tried actually a couple of summers ago. I was like, okay, I need a part-time job. And I was going to work at an optometrist office. And on the second day, halfway through, I was like, I'm sorry, I can no longer continue on. I can't do this. <laughs> it was really, it's not for me. Nope. Yeah. I find it's hard to, to sit and to be quiet. And I mean, I, yeah. I had gone from restaurants to working for a national uh, company for about five years and the first year was hell just trying to adapt to it and i'm always walking around and i'm talking and being loud and people are like what the chill out man yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, um, i know I, I worked in restaurants all growing up and through my early 20s so yeah i i i like the social aspect i like interacting with people i don't like the restaurant and I, nor was i good at the the restaurant part of it i've spilled many a drink on people yeah. but um <laughs> I did like the social part of it. So, yeah. Very good. Well, uh, actually, there's a couple of great restaurants in Aurelia, and I don't know if I'm assuming you're familiar with them. Um, an old mentor of mine, uh, Steve Clark, um, yeah. is now, I believe, the mayor still of Aurelia, is. Um, had opened up Brewery Bay and yeah. uh, and Rustica. Uh, in fact, I'm overdue to get up there and visit them. And Yeah, his daughter uh, owns Rustica. It's awesome. Uh, and yeah, those are two spots that I have frequented. Very, very good. I... Uh, as we were when I was in high school, my friends and I would go to Brewery Bay and get cookie skillets. That was nice. a big thing. And yep. now we all go to Rustica for dinner, get some pizza, pasta. Yeah, That's good awesome. spots. All right. And lastly, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I want to hear. I, I think I don't even care to hear what he has to say. I just want to see people that I knew that had passed on. I'd love to just see other people. Um, Yeah, I don't know. You made it. Congrats. You thought you were going the other direction, probably. (laughs) But you're here. (laughs) That would be a bonus. We we just never quite know, do we? Yeah. Yeah. I I think the biggest thing would just be reuniting with people that we've missed. Yeah. Sure. That's beautiful. Yeah. All right. That'd be it for me. <laughs> oh, very good. Well, like I said, it's been incredible talking with you and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to do this again. And yeah. uh, thank you very much for, for joining us on Musicians FAQ and Cassie Silva. I wish you all the best. Thank you for having me. Remember when you said you wanted this forever? I remember it because your hand was on my heart. And I was only 19, was so naive, still I believed And now I see I fell for everything until we fell apart And I spent 923 days thinking that we felt the same But you left me in the dark Cause you told me that you loved me Did you feel so high above me when you took your words back from me? Said you did it from the start I don't trust anyone anymore Teeth, three quarters sleeve you gave to me to wear to sleep We laughed because you shrunk it in the dryer It's still folded in my closet I don't wear it so I thought about throwing it away But I guess I'm too afraid to let 923 days disappear without a trace Wish I never saw your face Wish I never knew you
can even trust myself. That was I Don't Trust Anyone Anymore by Cassie De Silva. We're going to finish up the show with one last song by Cassie called We Might Break Up. My name is Stuart McKee. Thank you for listening to Musicians FAQ on CKMS 102.7 FM Radio Waterloo. Convince myself that I hate your car and I hate your shit apartment And I meet my friends down at the bar Acting like I'm on the market We might break up just so I can control something Control something We might break up cause I'm in my head Obsession, yeah, I'm obsession Things I can't change so I shift the blame and put it on you But you don't deserve it, nah We might break up so I can control, so I can control, so I can control something mm-hmm. Self-destructive behavior, don't know why I act this way Not what I need to change, but I'm afraid So I convince myself that I hate your car and I hate your shit apartment and I meet my friends down at the bar Acting like I'm on the market We might break up just so I can control something Control something We might break up cause I'm in my head Obsession, yeah, I'm obsession about The things I can't change so I shift the blame and put it on you But you don't deserve it, nah We might break up just so I can control Just so I can control so I can control something my face up in my face Cause I'm in my head Obsession, yeah, I'm obsessing Since I can't change So I shift the blame and put it on you But you don't deserve it, nah You might break up just so I can control It's Cassie DeSilva, and you are listening to Musicians FAQ with Stuart McKee on CKMS 102.7 Radio Waterloo. Thank you for listening to Musicians FAQ Podcast with your host, Stuart McKee. We're here every week with great Canadian musical artists. 